the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If Satan and his demons can corrupt the entire human race, he can prevent the seed of the woman from coming. And get this, Satan almost succeeded. Satan almost succeeded. He was able to corrupt all of the human race, all but one family. He got to all but eight people. And listen, let me tell you, Satan wants to corrupt you. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy what God wants to do in your life. We've all heard stories of a prophecy about a hero on the horizon and a villain who does everything in his power to change the circumstances. Well, Pastor Dan reminds us today that it all started with God and Satan. A savior was to be born, so Satan makes his move. He tried to corrupt humans by altering our very DNA. Demons mated with humans and created a whole new race. We could be thankful that God knows all and had the foresight to destroy the world before it and we became unsavable. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to continue with our Genesis study. We'll be back in Genesis chapter 6. If you'd like to turn there uh, with me in your Bible. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And so God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Well, Genesis chapter 6 is an unusual chapter. Uh, Some might even say it's a little weird or bizarre. It's been said when something in the Bible is weird, it's important. And that seems to be true with Genesis chapter 6. It's weird, but it's important. And it's important because it tells us what was happening on the earth that caused God to judge the earth with a flood. What was taking place? What was going on in the world in the days before God judged the earth with a global flood? I look at verse 1 again. Verse 1 says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. So the population of mankind was growing. Remember, God said to man, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And man was doing that. Man was filling the earth. And it was at that time, it says, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Now, this is where it starts to get weird for us. Uh, The question we need to answer here with verse 2 is, who were the sons of God and who were the daughters of men? And there's two primary opinions about this. Some scholars argue the sons of God were the descendants of Seth and the daughters of men were the descendants of Cain. And that Seth was a godly line or a righteous line that intermarried with the ungodly line of Cain. So they suggest that this is describing the intermarriage between godly people and ungodly people, which God, of course, prohibits. We're not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So that's, that's one interpretation uh, of this. Now, to me, uh, this view doesn't really make sense because of the offspring that they produce in verse 4. They produce kind of a, a, a superhuman race of people, as we'll see. Plus, the descendants of Seth were also ungodly. They weren't righteous. The descendants of Seth were sinners. They were all judged by God in the flood with the exception of Noah in his family. So there really is no godly line of Seth that continued on. So for that reason, I I don't really buy that interpretation that we're talking about a godly line and an ungodly line, the descendants of Seth and the descendants of Cain intermarrying. So then there's the second interpretation. And the second interpretation is that the sons of God refers to fallen angels or what we call demons. I told you this is weird. So the sons of God are fallen angels or or demons. Now, why do we say that? Well, Every time the name sons of God is used in the Bible elsewhere, it always refers to angels. 
good angels and bad angels, without exception. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament that was translated about 250 years before Christ, the Septuagint uses a word here that means angels. It says the angels of God instead of the sons of God. All of the ancient Jewish writers believed this was talking about fallen angels. The Dead Sea Scrolls say it was angels. The early church fathers believed this was referring to fallen angels. So then, what's happening here in verse 2? Fallen angels or demons took wives from the human race, forming an unnatural union between demons and humans. Now, it's possible it could have been demon-possessed people, but, but what you have here, you have an unnatural union between demons and humans. Now, let me give you a few verses for this. If you're a note-taker, you're going to want to jot these down. First of all, Jude, verses 6 and 7. It's only one chapter in Jude. Jude verses 6 and 7 says, And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these God has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, now listen to what it says, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. So there Jude talks about the angels who abandoned their proper dwelling and he compares the angels' sexual immorality and perversion to that of Sodom and Gomorrah, saying in a similar way, in a similar way to the angels, Sodom and Gomorrah also gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. Well, when did angels abandon their proper dwelling and leave their position and engage in sexual immorality and sexual perversion? Well, Genesis chapter 6 is when that takes place. Another passage for us is 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 18 and 19, which says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. I, I love that phrase. He died to bring us safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. So it talks about here Jesus preaching to the spirits in prison, those who had been bound for judgment. And the spirits were those who disobeyed God long ago in the time of Noah. So that takes us to Genesis chapter 6. The spirits who disobeyed God in the time of Noah. 
Another passage, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. There, Peter says, God did not spare the angels who sinned. And then in the very next verse, Peter talks about the flood of Noah. And then in the very next verse, he talks about the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And and so, the angels who sinned in the time of Noah. Again, that is referring us back to Genesis chapter 6. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The prevailing view and the view that I hold is that the sons of God are, are referring to fallen angels or demons who are taking wives of human women. Now those who reject this view, those who reject that the sons of God is referring to angels, they often cite Matthew chapter 22 verse 30 where Jesus is talking about the resurrection and marriage in the resurrection. And Jesus says, in the resurrection, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And they say, see, the angels don't marry. So this can't be talking about angels. Well, well, Jesus was talking specifically about angels in heaven. Genesis chapter 6 is not talking about angels in heaven. Genesis chapter 6 is talking about angels here on earth, fallen angels. Genesis is dealing with a different situation. And by the way, if we're we're going to be consistent in that same passage in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was making the point that people will not marry in heaven like the angels in heaven, but people do marry on the earth. And so it's consistent then that fallen angels on the earth can marry like humans on the earth. Also, uh, you know, just another kind of objection that people will raise will be that, well, angels don't have gender or they're sexless. Angels are always referred to in the male gender in the Bible. They're not neuter. They're not sexless. They are, they are always Male, And here you have the sons of God who are marrying the daughters of men. In addition to that, when angels appear to people in the scriptures, they are often mistaken as young men or mistaken for young men. For example, if you read the resurrection accounts in the Gospels, the angel at the empty tomb is described as a man. He's not really called an angel He's described as a man at the tomb. Uh, When Jesus ascended to heaven in Acts chapter 1 verse 10, two angels appeared to the disciples as the disciples were standing there looking up into heaven, watching Jesus ascend. And these two angels appeared to them. But if you read it, it says, and two men appeared 
to the disciples. We know they were angels by the description that is given of them there in Acts chapter 1. And so we see in scriptures, that's just a couple examples, and there are many other examples, where angels are often mistaken for young men. So here in Genesis chapter 6, I believe this is talking about fallen angels or demons that began to interact with humankind and intermarry with humankind and produce offspring with humankind. Now why? Why would they do this? Well, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, remember that? Genesis 3, 15 promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. That is, a savior will be born to a woman who will defeat Satan. So what does Satan do? Well, Satan doesn't just sit around waiting for the seed of the woman to be born that's going to crush his head and destroy him and his demons. What Satan does instead is Satan preemptively attacks and Satan tries to sabotage the human race by corrupting it, by corrupting the seed of the woman. If Satan and his demons can corrupt the entire human race, he can prevent the seed of the woman from coming. And get this, Satan almost succeeded. Satan almost succeeded. He was able to corrupt all of the human race, all but one family. He got to all but eight people. And listen, let me tell you, Satan wants to corrupt you. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy what God wants to do in your life. He wants to corrupt your relationship with God. He wants to corrupt your, your walk with God. He wants to corrupt your Family from living for God. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's all about. He wants to keep you and prevent you from walking with God. He wants to prevent your family from walking with God. And that's what he's doing here in the human race in chapter 6. Verse 3 says, and the Lord said, look at verse 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Things became so wicked and dark upon the earth that God says, I'll give mankind 120 years more, and that's all. Mankind has 120 years to repent and get right, or I'm going to take them out. And God says, look at verse 3 again, My spirit shall not strive with man Forever. Verse 3 is such an important verse. God says again, my spirit will not strive with man forever. I'm not going to plead with you forever. I'm not going to contend with you forever. You, You can say no to God and resist his spirit so many times before God finally says, okay, have it your way. I'm not going to strive with you anymore. I'm not going to contend with you anymore. I'm not going to try anymore with you. If you want to just keep resisting me and resisting me and resisting me and putting me off and pushing me away and pushing me out of your life, okay, have it your way. Now, we, we don't know where that point is where God says, okay, I'm done striving with you. We don't know where that line is for each of us. That's why the Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart to him. If God speaks to you today, don't resist 
His Holy Spirit that is drawing you and speaking to you. Don't resist God if He's calling you. Don't push Him away again and again and again. Because He's not going to put up with you forever. He's not going to put up with you resisting Him forever. There's going to be a point where He says, Okay, you can have it your way. And I won't even try anymore. His Spirit will not always strive with man. Now we come to verse 4, and verse 4 describes the result of the union between the fallen angels and human women from verse 2. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God, those fallen angels, those demons, came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, They were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So these relationships now, they produce giants who were men of renown or or famous men. The word giants here is the Hebrew word Nephilim. In your Bible, your translation might even say the word Nephilim here. That word, it, it means the fallen ones. And so they produce this kind of superhuman race, these giants, men of renown, men of fame, who were the fallen ones. And we see giants, or Nephilim, mentioned uh, in several places in the Bible. Uh, For example, in Numbers chapter 13, when the twelve spies were sent into the promised land to travel throughout the land and spy out the land, and they came back and they brought their report. And remember, ten of the spies had a bad report. And ten of the spies said, we saw giants in the land. And we were like grasshoppers in their sight. They saw giants in the land of Canaan. You know, there are Egyptian writings that talk about the giants that lived in the land of Canaan as well. Uh, Over in Deuteronomy chapter 2, I hear the Lord speaks to the children of Israel and says to them, listen to what he says, This day you are to cross over at Ar, the boundary of Moab, And when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon, that would be the land of Jordan today, as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. That was also regarded as a land of giants. Giants formerly dwelt there, but the Ammonites call them Zamzumim, how about that name? A people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim. But the Lord destroyed them before them and they dispossessed them and dwelt in their place. So it talks about in the land of Ammon, before the Ammonites dwelt there, there were giants that lived there that the Ammonites called the Zamzumim. The reason they called them the Zamzumim is because when the Ammonites saw them, they said, Zamzumim, look how tall those guys are. They're giants. So there were giants there. Uh, Over in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 11, it talks about Og, the king of Bashan. Maybe you remember Og, the king of Bashan. Listen to this description. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. He asked me how I know and I say 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.